Chapter Twelve of My Reminiscences by Rabindranath Tagore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve, The Professor. On leaving the normal school, we were sent to the Bengal Academy, a Eurasian institution. We felt we had gained an access of dignity, that we had grown up, at least into the first story of freedom. In point of fact. The only progress we made in that academy was towards freedom. What we were taught there we never understood, nor did we take any attempt to learn, nor did it seem to make any difference to anybody that we did not. The boys here were annoying, but not disgusting, which was a great comfort. They wrote ass on their palms and slapped it on your backs with a cordial hello. They gave us a dig in the ribs from behind and looked innocently another way. They dabbed banana pulp on our heads and made away unperceived. Nevertheless, it was like coming out of slime onto rock. We were worried, but not soiled. This school had one great advantage for me. No one there cherished the forlorn hope that boys of our sort could make any advance in learning. It was a petty institution with an insufficient income so that we had one supreme merit in the eyes of its authorities. We paid our fees regularly. This prevented even the Latin grammar from proving a stumbling block, and the most egregious of blunders left our backs unscathed. Pity for us had nothing to do with it. The school authorities had spoken to the teachers. Still, harmless though it was, after all it was a school. The rooms were cruelly dismal, with their walls on guard like policemen. The house was more like a pigeon-holed box than a human habitation. No decoration, no pictures, not a touch of colour, not an attempt to attract the boyish heart. The fact that likes and dislikes form a large part of the child mind was completely ignored. Naturally, our whole being was depressed as we stepped through its doorway into the narrow quadrangle and playing truant became chronic with us. In this we found an accomplice. My elder brothers had a Persian tutor. We used to call him Munshi. He was a middle-aged and all skin and bone, as though dark parchment had been stretched over his skeleton without any filling of flesh and blood. He probably knew Persian well. His knowledge of English was quite fair, but in neither of these directions lay his ambition. His belief was that his proficiency in single stick was matched only by his skill in song. He would stand in the sun in the middle of our courtyard and go through a wonderful series of antics with the staff, his own shadow being his antagonist. I need hardly add that his shadow never got the better of him. And when at the end he gave a great big shout and whacked it on the head with a victorious smile, it lay submissively prone at his feet. His singing, nasal and out of tune, sounded like a gruesome mixture of groaning and moaning coming from some ghost world. Our singing master Vishnu would sometimes chaff him. Look here, Munshi, you'll be taking the bread out of our mouths at this rate, to which his only reply would be a disdainful smile. This shows that the Munshi was amenable to soft words, and in fact, whenever we wanted, 
we could persuade him to write to the school authorities to excuse us from attendance the school authorities took no pain to scrutinize these letters they knew it would be all the same whether we attended or not so far as the educational results were concerned i have now a school of my own in which the boys are up to all kinds of mischief for boys will be mischievous and schoolmasters unforgiving when any of us are beset with undue uneasiness at their conduct and are stirred into a resolution to deal out condign punishment the misdeeds of my own school days confront me in a row and smile at me i now clearly see that the mistake is to judge boys by the standard of grown-ups to forget that a child is quick and mobile like a running stream and that in the case of such any touch of imperfection need cause no great alarm for the speed of the flow is itself the best corrective when stagnation sets in then comes the danger so it is for the teacher more than the pupil to beware of wrongdoing there was a separate refreshment room for bengali boys for meeting their caste requirements this was where we struck up a friendship with some of the others they were all older than we one of these will bear to be dilated upon his speciality was art of magic so much so that he had actually written and published a little booklet on it the front page of which bore his name with the title of professor i had never before come across a schoolboy whose name had appeared in print so that my reverence for him as a professor of magic i mean was profound how could i have brought myself to believe that anything questionable would possibly find place in the straight and upright ranks of printed letters to be able to record one's own words in indelible ink was that a slight thing to stand unscreened yet unabashed self-confessed before the world how could one withhold belief in the face of such supreme self-confidence i remember how once i got the types for the letters of my name from some printing press and what a memorable thing it seemed when i inked and pressed them on paper and found my name imprinted we used to give a lift in our carriage to the schoolfellow and author friend of ours this led to visiting terms he was also great at theatricals with his help we erected a stage on our wrestling ground with painted paper stretched over a split bamboo framework but a peremptory negative from upstairs prevented any play from being acted thereon a comedy of errors was however played later on without any stage at all the author of this has already been introduced to the reader in these pages he was none other than my nephew satya those who behold his present calm and sedate demeanour would be shocked to learn of the tricks of which he was the originator the event of which i am writing happened sometimes when i was twelve or thirteen our magician friend had told of so many strange properties of things that i was consumed with curiosity to see them for myself but the materials of which he spoke were invariably so rare or distant that no one could hardly hope to get hold of them without the help of sindbad the sailor once as it happened the professor forgot himself so far as to mention accessible things 
who could ever believe that a seed dipped and dried twenty-one times in the juice of a species of cactus would sprout and flower and fruit all in the space of an hour i was determined to test this not daring with her to doubt the assurance of a professor whose name appeared in a printed book i got our gardener to furnish me with a plentiful supply of milky juice and betook myself on a sunday afternoon to our mystic nook in a corner of the roof terrace to experiment with the stone of a mango i was wrapped in my task of dipping and drying but the grown-up reader will probably not wait to ask me the result in the meantime i little knew that satya in another corner had in the space of an hour caused to root and sprout a mystical plant of his own creation this was to bear curious fruit later on after the day of this experiment the professor rather avoided me as i gradually came to perceive he would not sit on the same side in the carriage and altogether seemed to fight shy of me one day all of a sudden he proposed that each one in turn should jump off the bench in our schoolroom he wanted to observe the difference in style he said such scientific curiosity did not appear cure in a professor of magic every one jumped so did i he shook his head with a subdued hm no amount of persuasion could draw anything further out of him another day he informed us that some good friend of his wanted to make our acquaintance and asked us to accompany him to their house our guardians had no objection so off we went the crowd in the room seemed full of curiosity they expressed their eagerness to hear me sing i sang a song or two mere child as i was i could hardly have bellowed like a bull quite a sweet voice they all agreed when refreshments were put before us they sat round and watched us eat i was bashful by nature and not used to strange company moreover the habit i acquired during the attendance of our servant ishwar left me a poor eater for good they all seemed impressed with the delicacy of my appetite in the fifth act i got some curiously warm letters from our professor which revealed the whole situation and here let the curtain fall i subsequently learned from satya that while i had been practicing magic on the mango seed he had successfully convinced the professor that i was dressed as a boy by our guardians merely for getting me a better schooling but that really this was only a disguise to those who are curious in regard to imaginary signs i should explain that a girl is supposed to jump with her left foot forward and this is what i had done on the occasion of the professor's trial i little realized at the time what a tremendously false step mine had been end of chapter 12 read by lambda